everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Let's go now. So, my outfit today, I without this uh, coat on, Brendan often mentions when I come out of the house, for scum. <laughs> this outfit. It's a short sleeve <laughs> And I was like, I'm looking good today. And then I came out to the car and I heard her from the corner go, something about four scum. So I'm like, oh, So then I put the, the coat on. And when I put the coat on, Brendan usually says Mitt Romney. <laughs> I can't win either way. <laughs> um, I appreciate Shelby doing the welcome. She didn't know she was going to do the welcome. Hey. It was one of those texting mishaps where I said, hey, can you do the welcome? And she's like, oh, I can do the welcome. And I'm like, thanks. Uh, I thought I said thanks. That would be great. And she took it. I don't know what I wrote, but yeah, she was like, <laughs> she thought I, someone else was doing it. So, but I appreciate that was a great welcome. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, I appreciate Rob leading songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob's not the usual song leader because you don't come here. But so that's yeah. the only song. Third but I wanted to do uh, a sermon this morning on a topic we're all familiar with, um, but it's been on my heart. I just finished the Old Testament. Every I try to every year read through the Bible, and I just got through the Old Testament, and it, I read a bunch of um, similar passages that made me think of something, and I'm like, maybe I should preach on this or you know do a sermon on it. And then as I was driving to work one day this week. I was listening to a podcast, and in the podcast, the person talked about this Latin phrase, and I had no idea what it meant, and then he said what it meant, and it was the exact thing I wanted to talk about like in the sermon, so I was like, okay, God, I get the point. Like, this, You want me to talk about this? So to, to start this morning, I'm going to read 10 promises from God on this subject that I'm going to talk about this morning. And I want you to think about, even before I talk about what it is, whether it's worth pursuing or doing in your life. So the thing I'm going to talk about this morning, the the Bible promises you receive rest from it. Okay? The Bible says you'll get life from it. The Bible says you'll find strength from it. The Bible says you'll be filled with joy and gladness because of it. The Bible says it leads to deliverance, salvation. It says it gives you discernment, understanding, and wisdom. It says it gives hope. It says those who do it are rewarded, lacking no good thing. It says satisfaction is found in it. And then finally it says that when you do it with your whole heart, you will find God and experience his presence in your life. Does that sound like a good thing, all those things? (laughs) Right? I think we hear those things and you're like, I want those things in my life. And what the thing I'm going to talk about is, is is seeking God. Um, You know, I, I was struck... In Jeremiah 29, I will read that scripture, but it talks about seeking God. And I, I read that, and I, it just took me back to the first Bible study I ever had. This was back in 91, 
I hired a guy, I was managing a store, and I hired a guy from Africa who came in, and he was the nicest guy, but I interviewed him, and um, at the end, I'm like, I'm going to hire this guy, because in an interview, he said, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I, I can't work on Sundays because I'm a Christian. And I, I had just fired like probably 10 people in a row for stealing. So I'm like, okay, okay this guy's a Christian. He's probably not going to steal from me, right? I hope, I hope. Um, and so I'm like, this is the guy. And then as he was leaving the interview, he turned around and said, oh, besides Sunday, I can't work Tuesday nights because um, I have church like midweeks and I can't work Friday nights because I have single devos and I can't work Saturday nights because I go on dates on Saturday nights and I, and I think he mentioned another time he couldn't work and I was just like when can you work like, um, I was taken aback by that but I, I hired him and uh, he started bringing his Bible to work and I was worried he was reading his Bible when he was supposed to be working so I talked. To, I called him in the office, talked to him, and he's like, "Oh, Steve, no, I'm not. I'm not reading my Bible. I would never do that when I'm working. But after work, I go to a Bible study, and, and I study the Bible with some other guys. And at that point in my life, I was seeking something. I was seeking some kind of meaning, some kind of truth, some kind of reason for life and everything we're doing. I'm like, what, what is this? Like, what's the meaning behind this? And um, I." In no way thought to look at the Bible. I, I grew up Catholic, and I was like, I knew the, I thought I knew the Bible and I knew the stories. I didn't really believe in it, and so I was searching everywhere else. But when he told me that, that he gets with the guys and reads the Bible, something in my in my brain just kind of or heart or something clicked. Can can I come to that? And I said that out loud. Like I don't know what got into me. I said, Can I can I come? And he's and he was a brand new like Christian at the time, so he's like. Um, I don't know. Let me check with the guys. <laughs> so he, he came the next day, and he was he was really happy the next day. So he's like, Steve, you can come. You can come to our, our Bible study. Um, and I came to the Bible study, and he described it as a bunch of guys talking about the Bible. But they the study was basically them studying the Bible with me and asking me questions. So it wasn't what I thought I was going to. And they did this study with me called discipleship. And they asked me, are you willing to give up everything and do like, and like deny self and be a disciple and follow Jesus like 100%? Like, he's the first thing in your life. And I was like, no, absolutely not. And they were kind of taken aback. And they're like, what do you mean, no? They're, I'm like, no, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, I. You know, I know about Jesus, but do I want to sign on the dotted line to do this, like, with all my heart? I don't I don't know what that entails. You're asking me to sign before I kind of read the contract? Right. Yeah. That's what I told them. So the next study, they, they took a step back, and they did a study called Seeking God with me. And they read this scripture to me. I'm going to read it right now. It's in Jeremiah 29, if you want to turn there. Appreciate this music that's like setting the mood. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, verse 10. 
says, This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. You guys all know this scripture? Yeah. yeah. When, I, when I read this, I'm, they asked me, what, what do you think this means? And I remember thinking, wow, like if there is a God, I didn't really, I wasn't sure if I believed in a God, but th- this made me kind of think, does God have a plan for me? Does God have a dream for me? And is he, is he, is he working behind the scenes for me? And, you know, they asked me, they probably asked, you know, someone probably asked you at some point, what does it mean to seek God or seek something with all your heart? You guys have any ideas on what that entails, to seek something with all your heart? Anybody? <laughs> you take classes. Yeah? Take classes? Anything else? Investment of time, certainly. Yeah? I mean, that's, so you got some logistic pieces of that as well, that you're, it's like an investment of yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. Throw yourself over the fence, 100%. Yeah? Yep. Constantly time? Constantly learning. Yep. Constantly learning. Seeking information. Now, my daughter, Sarah. She's really into going to the gym. Are you committed to going to the gym, Sarah? (laughs) So it takes a certain amount of commitment, right, to do something with all your heart. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she's disgusted by me because she's like, Dad, you want to go to the gym? And I'm like, eh, not today. (laughs) She's just like, man, you're not committed. But seeking something with all your heart, I mean, I'm a musician, so since I, I was like in eighth grade, I was like, I want to play the sax and I want to be really good. And what did that mean for me? That meant I had to practice every day. I had to just get my sax out and just hours and hours of practicing, going and auditioning for bands, going and playing with people, doing all that. It was like consuming to my life. But I thought about this with God at the time. And I thought, what does this mean for me with God? If I want to find God, God says you have to seek me with all your heart, right? And the other thing I was thinking when I read this earlier this week is, is in my mind, I've kind of applied this to people that are not Christian, people that don't know God. But this, this is applicable to everybody. Like, it never ends. God's vision for us is to seek God our whole lives with all our hearts, and if you think about this, this was written to the um, Israelites that were in captivity in Babylon, right? And uh, they, just, they just went into captivity, and this is at the beginning of it, and God is saying in 70 years, like most of those people would probably be dead, but he's saying in 70 years, you'll seek me with all your heart. And you're, 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 the Israelites, your sons and daughters will seek me and they'll find me. It's like a promise from God. And I used to read this and think, 
that's kind of unfair of God to put them in captivity. But Jerusalem, before they were taken captive by Babylon, they were doing all sorts of crazy, God says, evil stuff. Even to the point they were sacrificing their children in the temple of God to other gods. And God was so disgusted by this. And he warned them over and over. He sent prophet after prophet saying, stop. Stop. Come back to me. Seek me. And they would just ignore him and keep doing this evil stuff. And finally, he sent the Babylonians and they wiped them out and then took a remnant of them and brought them back to Babylon. But I, I just thought about us as Christians. Like, God wants us to continually seek him. You know, it's not something that ended for me in 1991 when I had put my faith in God and got baptized. It's something I still need to think about and do now and today, and we all do. So, and this all goes into the theme of the year, which is Matthew 22, loving God with all our heart. And, and I was thinking about that, too, because when you love something with all your heart, your heart, you seek it, right? And I, you guys can probably relate to this, but Brenda and I, when we first met, at first I was like, oh, she's cool. But then after a little bit, I, well, she's, she's rolled her eyes. Well, I didn't know. I was like, I, I met her. I'm like, I'm like, she's she's really met her. I'm like, she's really pretty, and I was interested. But then as I got to know her and found fall in love with her, I started seeking her with all my heart. And I think she did me too. Like, and I think we all have stories about that. And I wanted to relate some of those things to our walk with God, if that's okay. So what do you do when you seek something with all your heart? So the first thing I thought about, let's, let's turn to Acts 8. It's Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and um, Acts 8, verse 36, says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian eunuch. And our family had a discussion on eunuchs the other day, because I, I had some questions, right? <laughs> um that's a separate subject, but um, <laughs> thank you. But here we have an Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah, he was an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, so he was a believer in God. And on his way home, was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. 
In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Because this scripture is a prophecy about Jesus. Verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. So here we have a, a Ethiopian eunuch who is Seems like he's seeking God, right? He goes to Jerusalem. He goes to worship. On his way back, he's reading the scriptures. It seems like he's trying to figure out what Isaiah is about. And so this is the first thing I thought about with seeking God, is we have to read and meditate on God's word. And even ask for help to, to decipher it, to figure out. You know, Nowadays, we're blessed with Google, or some, sometimes cursed with Google. <laughs> Um, but how much are we reading God's word, seeking the truth in it, seeking what it says? Sometimes, I know for me, I, I can read things a thousand times and think, I know, I know everything about this scripture. But I've learned lately, after 20-something years as a Christian, or is it 30? 30-something years. I've learned that sometimes I read stuff I thought I knew everything about, and I see something different. And I, that's part of seeking God, reading his words, like reading what he's trying to tell us. It might be something different than, it was, than what he was trying to tell us 10, 20 years ago, right? So reading it today and, and saying, God, what do you want to say to me today? And, I, I, you know, I thought about Brenda and I dating. You know, when the most amazing thing and incredible thing for me when we were dating was when Brenda wrote me a card. I did not wait. She would give me a card. I would not wait till I drove home, like the hour and whatever it was to get home. I would get in my car and open up that card. Like, okay, well, I can't wait to see what she said. <laughs> Hopefully it's good stuff. You know? um, and it always was. It was always encouraging. It was always like, thank you so much for the date, and this is really special. And there was something about, I don't know, I, I was seeking her. I was falling in love with her. I, I wasn't even sure if I put love, the word love on it yet, but I was, you know when you feel those feelings? I was feeling those feelings. So reading the words, just I just felt the excitement and the feelings. And that's what we need to do with God. We need to read his words and go, what is he trying to say to me? And, and i got to be honest, when I started reading the Bible way back in 91, I didn't have those feelings. I wasn't in love with God. I didn't even know if God existed. But as I was reading, a, a miracle happened. Faith. I started believing some of it. And it might have been a little bit like, the faith might have been like, well, what if this is true? It might have started with that. But as I kept reading, as I kept reading, as I kept studying, I started going from what if it's true, like, I think this is true. And then it started going into, I know this is true. This is true. This has to be true. 
That's the miracle. And the Bible says, but faith comes from hearing the word. And so, even now, 30-something years later, faith comes from hearing the word for all of us, whether we're a Christian or not a Christian. Getting in the word and reading is a chance to build faith and gain faith for all of us. Okay, and then Acts 17, 10 through 12. This has to do with the same thing. I just want to say this because it's an important point. This is um, Paul and Silas. They're, they're speak, they went to Berea and they're speaking to the Bereans. But it says, as soon it was night, as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. This is part of reading the word and studying the word and seeking God. And I and to this day, 30 years later, I always tell people, like, don't just go by what someone's saying. Um, just don't go by what someone's saying, but go back to the word. And study it out. And I always, I always try to do that. On Sunday, if I hear anyone preach, whether I agree with it or not, on Monday, I go through the scriptures. And I write down what, what they're saying to me and what I think they mean. And now, most of the time, I confirm what the person was saying. Sometimes, I disagree. Sometimes, I'm like, I don't know if I believe what... I don't think it's, that's what the scripture says. And I think that is so important because God speaks to all of us in different ways. And the, the other thing I would say about that is I've had some conversations with some people over the last couple of weeks where they talk about stuff like, well, the Church of Christ says this, or the Church of Christ says that, or the Church of Christ believes this. And I said to the one person I was talking to, like, I don't know how you studied the Bible, but every study I did, they said, go home, read the scriptures, and see if you, what they say to you, and if you believe the same. And I, I have a firm conviction that what I believe is from the Bible. As, you know, the Church of Christ maybe helped me learn some of that stuff, but it, I don't, I don't, necessarily believe everything the Church of Christ tells me. I, I go, what does the Bible say? And I, I think that's so important, because that's what God's Word is the foundation. And some crazy things have been said from the pulpit over the years. And I might say something today. I don't know. We're, we're, human. we're humans. We make mistakes, but you got to go. What was that? We'll let you know. Okay. Um... Yeah, we have to go back to the Bible and, and see what it says, God's Word says to us. The next thing I want to do is Acts 9, the second thing, seeking God. And I thought this was so cool. And this is the second thing is praying and speaking to God. That's how we seek God. In Acts 9, verse 10 and 12. It says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas 
uh, Straight Street, that's always a tongue twister for me, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Notice that. Like, Saul has just, if you don't know the story, he has just had a vision on the road, I believe to Damascus, and, and, and he basically saw Jesus. Jesus came to him on the road. And now, now Saul is praying, and God is sending someone. So, so Saul is seeking God. He's seeking the truth. He's praying like, what does this mean? What does this all mean? What's my life about? This is a major turning point for Saul. He's been persecuting Christians, even putting them to death. And now he's just met Jesus, and he's praying. He's got God. Was I wrong? Where are you? What's going on? And God sends him Ananias. Just like he sent the Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the word someone to help him, he sent Ananias to help Saul. In verse 12, in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias. He even had a vision that a guy named Ananias was coming and placed his hands on him to restore his sight. We need to seek God in prayer and talking and speaking. And again, when I was seeking Brenda, I would call Brenda. And actually, after our second date, I called her at 3 in the morning. <laughs> Which is, probably isn't the best example because she, she brought it up like last week. Like, that was kind of a crazy thing to do. <laughs> um, I was working overnight. Yeah, she. I knew she, she was working at the hospital. I knew she was working. It wasn't like I was waking her up. But our second date, she made me like a chocolate cheesecake. She made it for the whole group, but I think it was specifically for me. Um, and I, I had too many pieces of chocolate cheesecake. I basically did not sleep all night. And so at 3 in the morning, I'm like, I'm going to call her up and let her know that I can't sleep because of her chocolate cheesecake. But I loved how awesome it was. And I think it was the caffeine and everything. But I'm, when she was telling me the story, like, talking about it, I'm like, man, I'm so glad she didn't think I was a nutcase. <laughs> like, so, but I would love talking with Brenda. We'd sit in the car and just talk. We, we'd go on dates and sit across the table from each other and talk. Do we do that with God? Do we talk to God about how we're feeling? about issues, about what we need, about... Um, and I, the, the, another thing I see in the Bible as I'm going through the Old Testament is I, I get the impression God loves when people come to him with issues, even with him, even with God. Like, if you have an issue with God, come to God with it and say, God, I, I don't know what's going on and what you're doing, and I have issues. I, I can tell you some stories about times I did that, and it seemed like a miracle happened afterwards with my health, where I was in tears with God. God, what are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? And then the next day, the doctors would come in and be like, you seem to be turning the corner and coming back. You're getting healthier. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but I think God wants us to be honest with him. You know? And it's... I'll talk about this because I've talked about this with my, my family, and it's a, a touchy subject for Christians, you know, to talk about. But a lot of times we talk about homosexuality, and and I'm honest with with my kids. I'm like, I don't, I don't I'm not, I don't understand God's 
reasons and plans. The Bible seems to say this one thing, but I struggle with it. I struggle with it. And so many times I'm on my knees praying like like, like Abraham did with, with Sodom and Gomorrah, like pleading with God, like, are you really going to destroy all 50 or all 40 or all 30? And, and they're going back and forth. And in that interaction with God, I get the impression God's like, I like this. I like that you're fighting for what you believe and you're talking to me and we're going back and forth and I like this relationship. I feel like I do that with God about that subject. I'm like, I don't understand that God. I want to understand it, but I mean, I'm respectful of your will and your view and your power and and you're the the guy, you're the God, you're God, but I don't understand this issue. Like, and I just want to make it known to you. And so that's a, that's a struggle with me. And I think that's okay to talk to God like that. So I'll, I'll just say that about it. And I always tell my girls, when I get to heaven, that's the first thing I'm going to say, ask God. If I get a, in a room one-on-one, I'm going, to, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be like, God, what's going on? Um, the third thing, in Romans one twenty. There's only five things, so don't get worried. There's not 17. <laughs> Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. The third thing, seeking God, is paying attention to the world around us. Just opening our eyes and paying attention. Like, not looking up at the sky at night and saying, look at the pretty lights. But, but, but actually seeing and go, holy cow, like there are so many stars, so many universes, so many galaxies, like, and just being in awe of God through the creation. I think this is what the scripture is talking about. That God can be seen if we just think about it. A lot of times I'm watching TV and I'll see like a science thing or something. And they'll, even the, the sky looking at all the stars, but if you take a microscope and go down and look at the cells and the symmetry and, and the balance and everything, it looks like a creation. It looks like someone formed it and created it. And just having your mind open to think, who created this? Is there a God? I think that's so important to seeking God. I always give people the analogy when I, you know, that don't believe in God. Like, if you were walking through the woods, you've heard this probably, if you're walking through the woods and you find a Rolex watch, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, just by chance, all the elements came together and the wind threw different (laughs) atoms together and this watch just formed over centuries. No, you don't think that. You think, Someone lost their watch that was made for, <laughs> right? And, you know, how much more complex than a Rolex watch are our bodies? Exactly. Are, are, are animal cells? Are, is the universe? So, to me, that helps me believe in God and seek God. The fourth thing is finding out what pleases God and immersing ourselves in it, becoming interested in these things and even doing them. That's a way to seek God. Let's look at John 8. 
This is the song I asked them to play during this part. <laughs> John 8, 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This scripture is saying, it's, it's, it's counterintuitive. It's saying, most of us want to know the truth first, right? Before we do something. Like, even if someone on the phone is like, hey, come down to the office, like, and then you'll see what you get. You're, you're going to be like, well, I'm going to know what I'm going to get before I drive down to the office, right? Um, that's how we are about truth. But, but Jesus is saying, hold to the teachings, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is another way to see God. By taking, and this is what I did when I was studying the Bible, I had a little bit of faith. I said, maybe this is true. And then I'm like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to hold to the teachings. I'm not going to go out with women to, anymore and, you know, do what you do. But I, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm like, I wasn't convinced. I'm not going to go get drunk. I'm not going to go out with my friends. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to try to do all this stuff. Um, and as you do those things, you kind of see the fruits of it. You kind of feel in your heart like, this seems right. This seems truthful, right? I don't know if you guys felt that when you were experimenting with those things. But I also relate it to my relationship with Brenda. Like when I was falling in love with Brenda, when I was in love with Brenda, when I was seeking Brenda, I was listening, listening to Sarah McLaughlin on my car <laughs> with my CDs. <laughs> Before I met Brenda, I was like, what the heck is this? Sarah McLaughlin? This is, I don't like this music at all. But I met Brenda, and Brenda was like, I love Sarah McLaughlin. I think that's all she said to me. And I went out and bought every CD I could. <laughs> and I'm like listening to it, and I'm like, I, I kind of like this. I kind of like this. And, and it was like that with so many things. Like, And then Brenda, the next day, Brenda would get in the car. I'm like, you want, want some music? Uh. <laughs> plays, Sarah McLaughlin would come up and Brenda would be like, oh, you like Sarah McLaughlin? Of course, it's so awesome. Um, but I, you know, I, at home, I, I, when I asked her to marry me, I, I had someone help me like write a poem. And on this poem, I wrote like all the things we like shared and had in common. And some of those things were the things that I wanted to learn about. Because Brenda, because I was seeking her, because I loved her. And it, it's funny, because when, when I first met her, um, I think it was, well, it wasn't when I first, but, but very shortly after I met her, she was doing like a bike marathon. And I had this impression of her that, like, man, she is a serious athlete. Like, she is, <laughs> she, like, she's doing this bike marathon. She must do this all the time. I was, like, intrigued. Like, wow, this is so different than me. I'm like, maybe I should study up on bikes and, like, marathons. And I don't even know if I asked her about it then, but, like, I said something a few years ago about it. She's like, that, that was the only marathon I ever did. Like, it was really hard. <laughs> um, but I was interested in it because Brenda was doing it. And so how much um, are we reading the Bible and going, what does God like? What does God want? You know, if, if he says to, to help the homeless or to help the, the children, orphans or the widows, do we read stuff like that and go, 
I need to care about that kind of stuff because I want to seek God. I want to know about God. And if he thinks that's important, then I should pay attention to it because I love God. Um, okay, the last thing, number five. Colossians 2 9. Colossians 2 9. I got to blow my nose, sorry. This will be edited out of the video, right? Colossians 2 9 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. It's as, as simple as that. So the fifth thing is if, we're, if we want to seek God and find out what God's about, we have to learn about Jesus. That's part of the reason God sent Jesus was to teach us what he is like. Imagine if we didn't have Jesus. I mean, in the Old Testament, the Jews n never called God Father. He was too holy and too, you know, ma majestic and special to just be called Father. But Jesus came and he's like, he's my dad. He's our dad. You're being adopted as sons and daughters. He's our father. It's just made it more personal. The more we learn about Jesus, the more we learn about God. And I, I still, to this day, 30-something years, I've never met someone while talking about God. That had, you know, lots of people have issues with God. I've never met someone that's like, oh, man, Jesus, I can't, just, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> have you ever met someone that has an issue with Jesus? Like... I, I haven't. Um, he's just, and that's God. We're seeing in Jesus what God is really like. And so that is so important. And finally in John 20, this is the last scripture, and now we're going to have communion. See, if I was saying all this stuff at home or on the kitchen table, my daughter would have interrupted me like 20 times by now. But now she has to listen to everybody. But that, but that, but that. What about this? But that. Uh, John 20, verse 30. says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And that's what this is all about. Seeking God, believing in Jesus, seeking Jesus, learning. This says that you may, God's intention, and in, in most of these stories where God sends, sent someone to the eunuch, when God sent someone to Saul, God is seeking us. And it's very clear right here. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. That's what God's goal is. He, want, he loves us so much that he wants us to believe, have faith, 
and have life. He's seeking us right now. He sought us years ago before we even knew he was seeking us. He was working behind the scenes. And he's working in all our lives now, like, come back to me, seek me. You know, some of us as Christians for years, we might, I can speak for myself, you get in a rut, you get in a, like, you get lazy. Um, even, I mean, those of us who are married, you know, like, sometimes Brenda and I have a talk, like, and she's honest with me, and she's like, I don't, you don't seek me like you did when we met. Like, remember when you used to plan special dates every Saturday? Remember when you used to write me cards? Remember? And, and she's right. As we're, we get, I hate saying I'm lazy, but you, you get, what's the word? You get complacent. Like, yeah. And we can do that with God, too. The longer we're a Christian, we get the same old, same old. And so we have to fight and struggle to make it fresh. To make it new, I have to. We have to do that in our marriages. We have to do that with God. And God, I'm I'm convinced God loves that. God wants that. He's like, seek me, seek me. I'm here. You'll find me. Just seek me with all your heart. So as we take communion this morning, this is another way to connect to seek God. I guess I didn't write this, but this would be number six communion. <laughs> um, we take the blood. It's symbolic of the blood and body of Jesus. But it's a way to connect to his sacrifice because he died for us. And we want to remember that every week, think about it, and be grateful for it, that because of him our sins are forgiven. So let's pray and take communion as we seek God. Well, Father, thank you so much for this time. Um, I just pray that as we take communion this morning, we can think about you, we can think about Jesus and his sacrifice. Uh, we can think about what that means for our lives. And God, I pray even now as, as we take communion that it, it stirs something in us, God. It stirs a, something in our hearts to, to go deeper with you, to seek you in a more meaningful way, in a more passionate way, God. Because um, that's what we want in our lives. We want to be passionate and in love uh, in our marriages, with our boyfriends and girlfriends, but also in, with you, Father. And spiritually, and um, I just pray this morning as we take communion that um, we can think about that, reflect on that, meditate on that, and um, be connected to you as we seek you, God. Thank you so much for all your promises. In Jesus' name, amen.